0: Before we start the show, allow us to brag for a bit. The Brazilian Report has just won two prizes at the 2021 EPI Awards for Best News or Event Feature Video and Best Homepage Design with under 1 million unique visitors. The EPI Awards are held yearly, presented by Editor and Publisher Magazine, with the goal of celebrating media-affiliated websites that do, quote, outstanding jobs in creating online services. Our winning video was an investigation into the devastating effects of abusive salt mining practices by Latin America's largest petrochemical firm. You can read it on our website, brazilian.report. Thanks to all of our readers and listeners for their support. And here's to many more. When COP26 kicked off in Glasgow, the world looked to Brazil with skepticism. Deforestation rates have been on the rise in the country over recent years. Scientists
1: fear that within a few generations, the Amazon rainforest may not exist at all. It acts as a vital carbon store, holding the equivalent of almost 12 years of global emissions at current
0: rates. And President Jair Bolsonaro has turned himself into something of a global environmental boogeyman.
1: This forest protects people from climate change.
0: After years of slashing the budgets of anti-deforestation agencies and empowering loggers. At the end of the day, however, Brazil showed up in the west of Scotland ready to listen and compromise with the international community, taking part in a number of pledges to curb climate change inducing emissions. No combate à mudança do clima, sempre part of the solution. Não do problema. were these commitments enough and will Brazil abide by them that's what we will discuss this week my name is Gustavo Ribeiro I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report this is Explaining Brazil In mid-October, environmental organizations led by Austrian NGO All Rise filed a representation at the International Criminal Court accusing Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro of committing crimes against humanity due to his alleged roles in the increase of Amazon deforestation rates since taking office as president. These NGOs asked the Hague-based court to pursue legal proceedings against Bolsonaro and his administration for actions, quote, directly connected to the negative impacts of climate change around the world. The group further accuses the Brazilian government of, quote, systematically removing, neutering, and eviscerating laws, agencies, and individuals that serve to protect the Amazon. Ian Marshall, hello. As an editor for the Brazilian report, you followed COP26 closely, and it was hosted in your hometown of Glasgow. So first of all, thanks for coming back on our podcast. And let me ask. These are harsh accusations against President Bolsonaro. So what is his environmental record so far? Hi, Gustavo. Well, it's certainly not great. Uh,
1: Before taking office, Bolsonaro made clear promises to defund environmental agencies, which he said created an unfair industry of fines against hardworking Brazilians. And, you know, this is quite ironic because he himself had been fined for illegal fishing in the past. So, you know, maybe there was a connection there. But once he went into government, he made consistent attempts to undermine many of the control systems that curb deforestation in Brazil. Uh, as an example, bolsonaro wanted to extinguish the environment ministry and turn it instead into a department that was under the
0: agriculture ministry. That would have been quite the statement, right? I mean, essentially saying that the interests of landowners outweighed the importance of protecting the forest exactly uh, but while he was talked out of that idea. He did go on to
1: do the next best thing which was appointing Ricardo Salles as Environment Minister, a kind of middling right wing politician who followed Bolsonaro's wishes to the letter. Researchers from the Federal University of Rio de Janeiro showed that Salles enacted 57 legislative measures weakening conservation laws and favouring agricultural interests during his time in office. And he was forced to leave his post earlier this year when the federal police accused him of being part of an illegal timber export ring.
0: So, you know, you can see what kind of environment minister Brazil was dealing with there. And as we understand, Bolsonaro has also slashed the budget for climate change research, right? Yeah, so between 2019
1: and last month, the Jair Bolsonaro administration has cut 93% of the federal budget earmarked for climate research projects. That's compared to the three previous years. And according to a survey by BBC Brazil, the drop in investment started in 2016 and just became larger each passing year. So Brazil invested $5.6 million in climate research between January 2016 and December 2018 and since Bolsonaro took office in January 2019, that budget was cut down to just $380,000. And so the data that's available shows that Brazil is not prepared for the effects of climate change, which is a particular concern because if global temperatures rise by 3 degrees Celsius, the majority of the country would face
0: severe drought for most of the year. Right, but even in fairness to Bolsonaro, he is by no means the only person chipping away at the environmental controls Brazil fought so hard to obtain, Yes, he?
1: Yeah, he's definitely had a lot of help from congressional leaders, that's for sure. Uh, this year, since the Senate and House elected new speakers, prologging legislation has gained a lot of steam in Congress. According to Smoke Signal, which is a monitoring project of environmental legislation carried out by Brazilian journalists, the country has scrapped 30 years of progress in its environmental laws in just the last three years. In their 10 months in charge of both Congressional Houses, House Speaker Artur Lira and Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco have been very careful to prioritize the interests of agricultural producers on a number of issues.
0: And all of this, along with the Amazon fire crisis over the past few years, have turned Brazil and Bolsonaro into something of an environmental pariah. So what did Brazil bring to the table at COP26 in Glasgow?
1: Well, Brazil brought the summit's second largest delegation only bringing fewer people than the US. But there was one glaring absence, Jair Bolsonaro himself. He was actually already in Europe at the time, he was attending the G20 summit in Italy, but he decided to fly home instead of going to Glasgow. And, you know, that decision is fairly simple to understand because Bolsonaro loves a friendly audience and he does whatever he can to avoid being jeered or ridiculed in public. And while we Glass Regions are famous for our hospitality, it has its limits. Uh, because Glasgow certainly wouldn't have been welcoming them, and he decided instead to send a 30 second video message to the conference.
0: Right, and considering what Bolsonaro has done in regards to the environment and his absence from the event, people believe that Brazil would not bring anything to the table at COP26, right? But, I mean, that wasn't exactly what we saw.
1: Yes, yeah, so the first headline news was Brazil's new nationally determined contribution to the Paris Agreement. They're also known as NDCs. The delegation announced that it was raising its 2030 emissions reduction target from 43% to
0: 45%, which went down reasonably well with Europe and the US. Right, and, but that new promise wasn't exactly all it was cracked up to be, Right.
1: Yeah, so the issue with Brazil's NDC is that it's essentially an example of creative accounting. Uh, The country pledged a higher reduction of emissions by 2030 but changed the base comparison from 2005, potentially meaning that Brazil will actually be allowed to pollute more than it had agreed to back in 2016. So in the best-case scenario, Brazil will be essentially standing still on overall emissions target, showing the same level of ambition as the Dilma Rousseff government did for Brazil's last NDC.
0: So there's a phrase in Brazil for this kind of law, rule, or promise, which look good from the outside. They're actually relatively useless or unenforced in practice. We call them, in a quote, "leis les vie, which is literally laws only for the English to see. And maybe in this case it was lost for the Scottish to see, right? Right, yeah, but you know,
1: fortunately this Scotsman can see through them. But even with the relative non-event of the NDC promises, Brazil did make some important climate commitments in Glasgow. Which were? Well the first concerns the so-called Global Methane Pledge, which aims to cut methane emissions by 30% worldwide until 2030. Now Brazil really didn't want to sign this pact. Uh, government sources told us in the lead up to COP twenty six that there was no chance they would join the pledge, but in the end massive pressure from the US forced their hand. Now methane is one of the most potent greenhouse gases around, and Brazil is one of the world's top five emitters, with roughly seventy percent of that coming from agriculture. But it's unlikely that this is going to cause any profound change for agribusiness as Brazil already factored methane into its NDC promise and the Global Methane Pledge doesn't include any sector-specific requirement. So the plan will be to cut methane emissions in industry, sanitation and solid waste treatment. So, you know, not, not much of an effect for agribusiness.
0: There was also a big debate over Article 6 of the Paris Agreement. Brazil's stubbornness led to a stalemate last time countries tried to sit down and reach a solution over carbon credits. Right, and Brazil did end up giving up some ground on this
1: issue. Uh, Before, Brazil had insisted on using old credits related to the 1997 Kyoto Protocol, and they demanded different targets for developing nations, which were much less strict than those which were imposed on rich countries. But this time around, the debate was a lot more constructive. Uh, Brazil agreed on a carbon credit cut-off date of 2016 and supported a transaction tax which would supply an international fund to support the countries which are most affected by climate change. And beyond the actual details of these compromises, the most important thing was that Brazil was willing to talk because this more constructive stance could really help in negotiations going
0: forward. More cooperation has to be good news, isn't it? And What about the Amazon? In many of Bolsonaro's international appearances, he's tried to force the issue of Brazil's sovereignty over the rainforest, claiming that there's sort of a threat of rich countries attempting to seize the Amazon for themselves.
1: Yeah, so there was a bit of a change here too. Uh, That jingoistic messaging was definitely toned down quite a bit. And once again, cooperation seems to be the name of the game. And it seems to be working, and the country managed to attract some pretty advantageous
0: funding commitments. And after the break, we take a look at the future. Is Brazil prepared to deal with climate change? We'll be right back. As you know, The Brazilian Report is an independent news outlet that lives off subscriptions. So you can support our independence by choosing one of our plans for the best content about Brazil in English. And if you have already subscribed, then you can also buy us a coffee. With a small donation starting at $4 and going up to whatever your budget and your heart allows, you can help us refill our coffee mugs to continue covering Brazil. Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. BuymeACoffee.com slash Brazilian Report. We're back with Ewan Marshall, editor of the Brazilian Report. Ewan, Brazil has struggled to implement environmental controls in recent years. And presidents from the left to the right have said that it is unfair to ask developing nations to curb emissions after developed countries have themselves reached wealth thanks to colossal amounts of pollution. And there's a point to be made about this. But one must not forget that there is a more pressing issue here. As the effects of climate change continue, Brazil and Latin America are going to be hit hard by it, won't they? Yes, so
1: Latin America is particularly vulnerable to the effects of climate change in a number of different ways. I mean, the physical standpoint is the most obvious, with an increasing number of climate disasters being recorded since 1980, but it will also hit the region hard economically. And many of the main economic sectors in Latin America have large carbon footprints, such as agriculture and energy generation. So the transition to a low-carbon economy is likely to come down on these industries like a ton of bricks.
0: Now, before we get into that, tell me more about these climate events. We're not talking about earthquakes or disasters like that, right? It's more about the weather. Yeah, so extreme
1: climate events are things like floods, cyclones, intense heat waves, and even cold fronts. A report by the United Nations Environment Programme Finance Initiative shows that the region is experiencing an increasingly high number of extreme climate events. Since 1980, Brazil has seen over 330, while Mexico has recorded close to 500. That's like one every month. Wow! And in many Brazilian urban centres, floods and landslides have basically become common occurrences. Uh, now there are lots of reasons for that. Uh, poor urban planning for one, as most of the country's big cities are built on top of channeled underground rivers that flood at the drop of a hat, but climate change has definitely made the situation even worse. Uh, extreme weathers basically become the new normal, and Brazil could soon have to deal with thousands, if not millions, Climate refugees. And a 2019 Nature study forecasts that areas currently home to 1.4 million Brazilians will begin suffering from constant flooding, and areas occupied by another 1 million could potentially be permanently submerged due to rising ocean levels. And how fast are oceans rising? Well, since 2006, sea levels have risen at a rate of 3.6 millimetres a year. So at this pace, seas will be over one meter higher by the end of the century. The city of Santos has acknowledged the problem and set up a group to work on a mitigation plan to be presented over the next year.
0: Red right, but you, and climate change is going to affect every city of the planet in some way, but not necessarily in the same way. And you mentioned Brazil and Latin America as places that are particularly vulnerable to the effects of climate change. How ready are we? So Brazilian scientists have tried to answer this question by looking at Sao Paulo,
1: which is the country's richest and most populous state. So researchers from the University of Sao Paulo analysed the adaptation capacity of the state's 645 cities into what they call an Urban Adaptation Index or UAI. So they took two main aspects into account. The climate predictions for Brazil, so we're talking increased temperatures, heat waves, more frequent droughts and floods. And also the country's governance system, which gives municipalities the responsibility for planning urban sustainability. And the results? Yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, More than half of cities in Sao Paulo posted low UAI scores, suggesting that they are not equipped to adapt to climate change. But cities that are near to or within metropolitan regions scored much higher. Earlier this year, we talked to researcher Gabriela Marquez de Julio, who co-authored the study. And she says that the UAI seeks to measure the unique challenges faced by developing nations. Because, you know, this is important. We're talking about a country which half of the population still has little to no access to public sanitation. So that brings whole new issues to the table. Things which, you know, developed countries don't even have to factor in.
0: And some of the impacts are already being felt, aren't they? Yeah, so an April 2020 study
1: by the National Water Agency analysed rainfall in cultivated areas between 2012 and 2017, finding a water deficit of 37%. That's 30% during the most critical stages of crop development and 7% closer to harvest time. And I mean, just a couple of months ago, we had coffee and citrus producers losing up to 30% of their crops due to frost and intense cold. And producers say that next year's crops will also be affected by cold weather. Because essentially, it's about balance, right? Because when rainfall and weather patterns are changing around the country, it's going to have a direct impact on agribusiness, which is massively beholden to climate. Because, I mean, what happens when you've spent decades cultivating a lemon orchard in a place that has ideal weather conditions, and then the climate changes? You
0: know, the disruption could be huge. So what about the Amazon? The rainforest has long been renowned for being one of the world's most important carbon sinks. That's not the case anymore, as I understand. Right. So researchers from the National
1: Institute for Space Research, they published a recent paper saying that some parts of the Amazon are now acting as a, quote, net carbon source. That basically means that they're now emitting more carbon than they absorb. And what are the main effects of that? Well, the Amazon works as a cooling system. Uh, in a single day, one robust 20 meter tall tree can pump out around 1,100 litres of water into the atmosphere. Now this vapour gets picked up by masses of air and gets transported around the continent in a phenomenon which scientists call the flying rivers effect. So basically what they do is they take humidity from the Amazon basin to Brazil's centre-west, southeast, and south regions as well as the neighbouring countries so with fewer trees in the forest, there's less humidity in the air,
0: and that leads to drought. Right, so droughts lead to warmer temperatures, more wildfires, which then lead to more droughts. And there you go, you have a vicious cycle.
1: Yeah, it's like Barack Obama said on Monday, it's not that we can't afford to go
0: backwards. We can't afford to stay where we are. And it seems Brazil is doing both right now. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. And if you like explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts on. It just takes a second and it helps more people find out about this show. Or you can sign up to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. Your support is what allows us to do our award-winning work. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you next week.